Costs to originate keep rising, even with more technology in the industry. The problem is the core platform. A new LOS can re-architect the process around data, not humans moving paper files. Vesta has built this LOS, and you can learn more at Vesta.com. Welcome, everyone. My guest today is Pat Kinzel, founder and CEO of Proof, formerly known as Notarize, to talk about California passing RON legislation and how his company is evolving to meet today's market challenges. First, here's a word from our sponsor. This is Sarah Wheeler, Editor-in-Chief at Housing Wire, with Ryan Marshall, CEO and founder of Equity Protect, to talk about a very specific and growing kind of fraud risk. Ryan, what is being done today about deed fraud? We've closely collaborated with prominent title law firms in the country to identify the actual vulnerabilities that are associated with the financial crime. Our focus has been to understand how the crimes are facilitated. We've explored all legal mechanisms and we've aligned our solution with the existing laws and constraints that are customary policies in the the transaction. So fortunately, what we've done is we've successfully devised a range of methods that harmonize all of these elements together. Our approach combines a biometric multi-factor authentication, authenticated transactional hyperledger layer, and a newly crafted copyrighted property notice form that's accepted in all 50 states. In essence, our service parallels to a credit lock that you would find, you know, when you lock your credit, we actively monitor and prevent any suspicious activities that ever happen on your property. Thanks, Ryan. Listeners, find out more information at equityprotect.com. Pat, welcome to the podcast. Happy to be here. Thanks for having me. Really happy to have you, especially because we got some big news this week, and that is the fact that remote online notarization finally passed in California. So tell me a little bit about that fight and what that has looked like you know, to that battle to get that passed. I won't call it a fight. I'll call it a journey. How about that? Okay. Um, Or perhaps a really fun collaboration. But uh, this is the fifth year that California introduced legislation for online notarization. Um, And so it has been a journey. Um, You know, we've had a lot of people come out and support. We've had some really challenging questions that we had to resolve. Um, But finally, Saturday, actually, uh, Governor Gavin Newsom signed the bill into into effect. And we're thrilled to finally be over the finish line. So I know that this is, you know, there are other states that still haven't done that. I think this is the 44th state that has approved it, but it's just the volume of, you know, real estate in California that I think makes such a big difference. What were some of the the objections that you, you know, that the proponents of Ron in California had to overcome? Yeah, I'll just emphasize the point that you made. It is the 44th state. It's probably the most important state in the country for, you know, the real estate innovation. You know, it's very interesting in California, um, over the course of those five attempts, really what we built was the argument for why it was better for consumers, right? So, you know, California actually has the lowest number of notaries per capita. Um, It has the highest disparity of access to notaries between affluent and other communities. It has huge geographic distribution. And so really when this became clear around the social benefit is when we got, you know, real support. And I want to thank, you know, um, Senator Portantino for his support in getting this bill over the finish line. Um, in terms of the reasons against it, you know, they, they've all been principled, right? It hasn't been anyone who doesn't like, you know, digitization or doesn't want to, you know, provide consumers access. 
at the end of the day, everyone has had their own frustrating notary story, right? So it's, it's never about should we do this or should we not, but it's how should this happen in California? And it's so common, California has raised the bar, right? So the California legislation sets higher standards for identity verification. It has specific um, you know, provisions related to protecting consumers. So in the same way that the you know, California Consumer uh, Protection Act really had a national effect when California lifts emission standards, it has a national effect. And here's another example of California raising the bar in our industry. And that was really the Attorney General's office and the Secretary of State's office engaging over a number of years and you know, working with all of us to, to raise the bar. From your perspective, why is you know, remote online notarization even safer than you know, the traditional way? Yeah, I mean, I'll go back eight years, right? So the, the first hurdle that we had to get through is actually the National Association of Secretaries of State. So within every state, it's the Secretary of State who provisions the notaries and, and runs the program. And they actually had a policy specifically saying that presence had to be physical, right? And it wasn't that they were against online notarization. They just hadn't contemplated the concept. And they asked a lot of questions early on, like, you know, are, are terrorists going to use this? What if you have a bomb under your seat, right? So like, you know, kind of practical questions. And the argument that won out was really a first principles approach, right? And to say, if you think about what we're trying to do in society, right, we want someone's identity verified and we want a record the transaction that anyone can trust in. If we look around at the tools we have in society today, would we design the process that we have, right? Of people holding up a card, scribbling in a book that gets thrown in a drawer. You know, if you think about the mortgage and title process of emailing closing documents to notaries who print them out on their home printer and drive around in their car and scan and FedEx these things back, it's just obvious that we can come up with better solutions, right? So you know, really what we worked through with the National Association of Secretaries of States and then MISMO, which is an organization for the Mortgage Bankers Association that sets standards and policy, was, you know, a set of rules to really ensure identity verification and trust in the transaction. So it's your classic something you know, something you have, something you are. Right? So if you think about those kind of best security practices, so your asked identity challenge questions that you have to pass, there's specific rules. You take a picture of your driver's license that has to pass. And at the end of the day, the notary performs the same function, right? They make sure you are who you are, make sure you understand what you're signing. And everything is recorded, the video, the evidence of the entire interaction. So now anyone who wants to question these transactions can easily do so. You know, as a company, we actually received um, an accommodation by the Attorney General's Alliance for some, you know, transactions related to election security several years ago. We've had title underwriters that have produced data about reducing fraud in transactions. You know, video recording is one of the strongest deterrents to fraud, period, right? I don't think I have to explain that, right? Um, and the technology that we have today is phenomenal. So it's, it's something that we're extremely focused on and we're really proud to raise the bar. I love that um, illustration when you think about the paper, you know, the risk of paper. So um, I had an insurance person come to do a physical for me at my house for for life insurance. And she she left behind two other people's packets of information, of sensitive information on paper. She, you know, she had them all together and, and she left them. And I was like, Oh my gosh. I mean, this is like their most sensitive information. It's because she's has it in the back of her car 
And she left it here. And so you just think about, you know, we can understand, you know, we always talk about cyber threats and cybersecurity, but there's so much threat to paper, (laughs) especially when it comes to, you know, uh, making sure people are who they say they are. Yeah, I have, you know, I've been doing this for eight years and all I hear are stories, right? So everyone tells me their story. So I just heard yours. I mean, I've heard a story like that countless times, right? And in California, going back to California, it's a state that has one of the highest you know, prevalences of, of mobile notaries who travel to meet clients. Mobile notaries are fantastic. They provide an incredible service, but these mistakes do happen, right? Um, and so we're excited now to provide notaries a digital tool to connect with customers, but also, you know, the, the, the parties to the transaction have, have total chain of custody of all of the documents, right? This idea of leaving them behind or having your car broken into or scanning two copies, it, it all becomes impossible. So, you know, um, New York made this change to um, Ron, you know, was it at the beginning of 2023? Was it this beginning of this year? Do I have that right? I believe last year. Last year. Okay. And, I'm a little bit of a know, time I, warp on all these dates, but yeah. <laughs> I know this year for me has been like 10 years long anyway, so it's it's hard to say. And I know they rolled it out, you know, they they approved it kind of really fast and and there were some problems with that. Knowing that, you know, we had this run up, you know, we, we knew a, a month ago, right, there was like, you know, California is poised to do this. We thought this time was going to do. H- how did that work out with you guys practically and, and being ready? Yeah, I wouldn't say New York passed fast. I mean, it may look like that on the outside, but in any state, I've been trying for seven years, right? So, um, yeah, you know, New York was interesting because really what happened in response to COVID is a lot of state governments came out and they had emergency orders for something that was called RIN, so remote in-person notarization, right? And what they were allowing us for people to get on a video call and hold up a driver's license over Zoom or a portal like we're on and sign paper and then ship it around. And that was always a temporary solution. So so New York and some other states did that very, very quickly to kind of get through COVID and then very quickly changed and realized there's huge security issues with that. You know, you're recording people's driver's license on video calls. There's no record retention. Anyway, um, so then ultimately New York passed a law and we actually passed New York twice because uh, it had a delayed effective date. We came back and passed it again. You know, California is is not dissimilar, right? Um, there's a lot of different stakeholders. There's so what goes into effect on January of 2024 is the California legislature has clarified their policies for recognition of notarized documents from other states. So starting in January 2024, it's now clear that Californians can access a notary online from another state. There's a delayed implementation into 2025 of new rules for platforms, so that raising the bar. In 2025. And then the Secretary of State has you know, a longer time period to launch the program for in-state notaries. They requested a significant amount of time, seven years, but it won't, you know, we anticipate it won't take that long. These programs are easy to administer. So we're going to do everything we can to support the Secretary of State to hopefully get that up and running faster for the in-state notaries. But we're going live in, in California in January with our partners, right? So our, our real estate partners are also you know, turn it on the state come January. That is wild when you're talking about these kind of long timelines and no wonder you think about it as a journey. That That's the positive way to look at this, Pat. <laughs> yes, it's a journey. You know, I, I've come to accept it doesn't really matter how long it takes, right? You know, for us to accomplish our goals, we need a state like California. 
And, and, you know, the attorney general's office and the secretary of the secretary of state's office had some very valid, you know, concerns to work through. Um, you can't, you know, not support the California market. Right. Um, and then separately, you know, specifically given this as a real estate audience, I don't think people appreciate how complex the mortgage market is. Right. And I think people might have their specific, you know, wedge. You might be, you know, a real estate agent. You might be a loan officer, you know, whatever it may be. I have an immense amount of respect for the, you know, at scale end to end real estate and mortgage manufacturing process. It's a highly interoperable system, you know, way in which mortgages are securitized and sold and transferred and registered with MERS. There's so many stakeholders involved. When you take a step back and you, you actually look at the amount of progress happening in the GSEs, happening in the title companies, happening in the mortgage lenders, happening in the counties, we're actually making pretty rapid progress, right? Um, and for us, you know, and quote unquote, you know, our, our lifetimes, we, we will have digitized this industry and it will be transformed. So um, I love it. You know, it's, it's, that's what I wake up focused on. I love that perspective. You know, I've been um, covering the industry since 2013. So to your point, I don't think I, I recognized, I came from uh, healthcare, which is also a very regulated industry, but I just did not realize how, how every small change, like I think about TRID and the fact that they, you know, changing the disclosures, changing the timing of the disclosures and how that threw a wrench in the industry for years. And, you know, from the outside, I don't think you would, you know, I didn't think that was going to be that big a deal. It turned out to be a huge deal. Um, so I think that's a really good perspective that you're taking. That's like in comparison. I mean, when you think about all the parts of this process that the settlement touches, it's actually, it's actually pretty good. Yeah, when we came on the scene, some very large banks came out against us, um, Interestingly, now they're all customers, so it's been it's been an interesting journey. But you know, I I thought you know to hell with them, right? And they just don't like technology. And ultimately, when we engaged with them, they again they had some very practical concerns. So think think about a secondary market investor, right? Buying mortgages that are originated by somebody else. So if if those other originators should do a digital closing with an e note and an online notarization. You know, that secondary market investor actually has different data retention requirements if it is um, executed electronically versus in paper. So they had very practical considerations. Well, how do I know if it was executed in paper or not? How do I know if you executed for another platform? Are you an approved platform? Do you meet the standards, right? So again, practical considerations. You know, we, we had challenges of executing mortgages electronically, and then suddenly they go to you know, years later, there's some tax audit of the forms. And, you know, are we an approved vendor of that firm with the data integration and a contract that, you know, governs rights? You know, so it's just this, it's just this nest, right, of all these things that you have to work through. So what's exciting coming back to California is that's basically all resolved. You know, we have many customers doing virtually all of their transactions digitally with us. And so California enters at a really great time to pick up the baton and and kind of blow the doors off the rest of the market. Well, also, I mean, just anything that can make the process better right now for people in the real estate transaction, borrowers, agents, lenders, we all need it, right? Because it's just a, you know, it's a, it's a tough market. So anything that that smooths the way at all is, is such a win. Smooths the way and, and saves money. I mean, so it's been proven that a full digital closing can save about $1,000. And if you're 
average profitability on a mortgage is a thousand dollars and it gets doubled. That's a huge, huge, huge deal. So, you know, it's us, but it's a lot of other software companies that are trying to bend that cost curve that keeps going up. Um, and it's also, you know, in this market, how do you provide exceptional service? If you think about the person in LA, you know, and to drive across town to go to a closing, you know, versus to be able to do it digitally, it's just a much, much better, much, much better experience. This is Sarah Wheeler, Editor-in-Chief at HousingWire with Melinda Wilner, Chief Operating Officer at UWM. Melinda, the wholesale channel has grown significantly over the past year. What does this mean for the industry? Yes, Sarah, it has grown significantly. What we're seeing is a lot of retail loan officers that are coming into wholesale, knowing that it's just a better way and better value add for their borrowers, too. So it's been a really great shift, and I'd say the majority of what's there. And it's been really great. You know, we've watched the wholesale channel based on the direct funded loans rise up to over 22% in Q2 from uh, data from IMF. So it's really great to see the wholesale channel is growing. It's fantastic to get more borrowers into the wholesale channel because it really, really is the best place to go to for a loan. So we're so excited to watch that pickup, to see that pickup, to continue to support mortgage brokers and borrowers that wholesale really is the best way. Thanks, Melinda. And listeners, you can find out more at BeAMortgageBroker.com. Well, let's talk a little bit about proof. So, um, you know, your company for many years was called uh, Notarize, and then you rebranded in August to Proof. And I feel like there's a couple of things there because it, uh, it you really expanded. It's not just like, okay, Notarize under another name. It feels like it's an expansion of, of what you did. And, and that's why you named it Proof, right? Is because it's not just about closing. Yeah. So, so Notarize, the company has served every industry for a long time. So, you know, we started the company in real estate. I have a very deep passion in real estate, but, you know, we serve consumers off the internet who need a passport application or a a form for their child or family, people traveling abroad, the auto industry, banking, private wealth, legal services. I'm very thankful for all that during the past year in the real estate market. Um, and, and because we serve all those markets, we provide this exceptional service, right? So 90% of all transactions we answer in less than one second. If we only served real estate, we could never provide that level of service, right? Um, but along the way, what we found is a lot of people have been using us for things that don't need to be notarized, right? And they've been saying, your platform offers this really high level of identity verification and security, so I'm certain who signed, right? So we have title agents and and realtors or real estate agents who are, you know, putting purchase and sale agreements through the platform to have notarized that, you know, they might be suspicious of, right? Um, You know, we have major financial services companies that on a wire withdrawal request above $100,000 have been choosing to get the, the transaction notarized. And then we have a lot of partners out there where we've been trying to figure out how do we just raise the bar on the notarization process itself, right? So how do we provide more data? into the person that you're transacting with, how to be, be more, more responsive, you know, those challenges. And what we realized is that we can provide all of the benefit of that service without necessarily connecting with a human, right? So how do we fill that gap between an e-signature and a notarization and really think about just transaction security? And so when we took looked at our park platform, we looked at all the different pieces that we had, we realized we could compose them to serve other types of transactions and say to the market, look, we've been the trusted you know, vendor to 
digitize new industries and to provide security transactions. We want to go well beyond notarizations. And there are standards out there. So there's a standard called IAL2, which is this identity standard that's very, very hard to meet. And the federal government and you know, other industries are aligning around this standard. So the auto industry, you know, NHTSA has mandated IL2. The Small Business Administration just, you know, mandated IL2. And our product, we realized, is the perfect solution to solve that problem. And what's phenomenal is when a customer can't pass a digital, you know, verification process, the, the rules say they can connect with a human agent, right? And so we have this network of agents that, you know, the notaries on our platform and they're looking for more work, they're looking for more opportunity. And so putting everything together, we realized we have this opportunity also to help notaries come into this new digital age and expand their role beyond just notarizations and being identity proofing agents. And so, you know, the decision was we're maintaining the notarized brand. It's, you know, it's the world's leading online notarization platform and proof is going to become our business brand, which is the leading platform to secure transactions. Um, so we have a lot of exciting customers using Proof now, um, a ton of excitement in the real estate industry, seller side deals that don't need to be notarized, you know, again, purchase and sale agreements, you know, realtor commission payouts, all sorts of things in, in the real estate market that we're excited about with Proof. So talk to me a little bit about, about the fraud component or the anti-fraud component, right, of Proof that, um, you know, when I've, when I've read up on it, you're talking about, it's sort of like the same thing. Like when, when we use a credit card, we know that like, we, we trust that system, right? Because we know there's all this fraud in place. You know, tell me what proof looks like in, in relation to that. Yeah. So it's a, so one, the notarized platform has always been a rules-based platform, right? So we've got more than four and a half million rules in the platform, HELOC in Texas, TIPIC in, you know, in Maryland, Whatever it may be, right? How do we actually respond? So it's always been this dynamic platform. Different underwriters give us different policies. That for us is kind of no sweat, right? Um, so we took a step back and we said, okay, if we start to think about the signals that we can take to understand risk and fraud in a transaction, how do we put that into that same smart system to be dynamic and to respond to fraud? So things like, you know, someone is on a new device from what we've previously seen them on. You know, someone has had a name change. It's vacant land. You know, there's data that you can find around that. How should we step up the verification process, you know, to ameliorate that risk and give confidence? And how do we let our partners start to set their own policies? You know, different underwriters, for example, may have a different view of how they want us to be responsive. What got really exciting, though, is that, you know, for our notarized product, we have our network of notaries and our customers can use their own people right? Proof has that same capability. People can use our network of notaries or they can have their own teams of people. So there's banks, for example, today that are really suffering with wire fraud and specifically new account opening wire fraud. Think about it. Someone hacks your account, they put in some new recipient and they send all their money to God knows where. So they're trying to fight this problem. And what they do when that happens is they send you into a branch you walk into that branch, you have to complete identity verification, and they have an employee on the phone with some agent. They're verifying their identity. It's this hugely slow, horrible process. With proof, that person can now sit online on a video call like an online notarization and be an internal fraud agent, right? So how do they assess that risk, you know, decide how they want to, you know, resolve it and ultimately connect you with an internal agent who has this platform, of all these ways of checking your identity and 
and validating what you need. So it's this very dynamic, flexible, you know, rules-based platform to address these issues. So I have clear, uh, I travel all the time. And so, you know, the biometric, um, um, you know, the fact that I look into this thing, it's reading my eyes and, and can tell who I am. I know that there's a biometric uh, component to proof. You know, is that is that brand new for you guys? Is this something that, you know, we could do through Notarize? I'm not that familiar with that part of, of the transaction process. Yeah, we've had that for, for, for a long time. And actually, frankly, because of New York law. So New York law has required a biometric in addition to the other steps as part of an online notarization. And so it's, again, it's been in our arsenal for a long period of time. Um, there are specific policies that you have to follow around re-authentication. So it's not always just biometric. It might be biometric and PIN. It might be based on the transaction type. So again, very flexible. It can respond to all those rules. You know, the other thing about proof is it's the first platform where the document actually is tied to your identity, right? So if you use e-signature platforms today and you look at the actual document, it doesn't say it was signed by Pat. It'll tell you it was signed by this company, right? Um, whoever provided the software. And with proof, your, your data is actually embedded in the document. So again, if you think about the, you know, the secondary market scenarios, there's a huge emphasis right now in the real estate industry at, you know, about tying data all the way from application to origination and closing and verifying that data. That challenge exists in every market, right? So not just how do you trust a transaction, but how do you trust the documents that are sitting on your server um, and tie them back to what to what happened and proof really solves that problem too. You know, one thing that we've seen from um, the GSEs in particular, or or maybe I should back up and say the FHFA even even more is like the desire to get to that actual single source of data, right? To the actual source of data, not through all these different layers, right? Because of these security concerns. You know, what does this do for that? What does is, what is proof do when it comes to like satisfying that desire that the government has to be like, you know, identity you know, verification, income verification, all that kind of stuff. They're looking for that source material, that source data. Yeah. I mean, today, a lot of that lives upstream of us, right? And so that's the you know, the loan origination system or the purchase, you know, purchasing uh, point of sale system. Sorry, I've got too many acronyms in my head. Um, income verification, things like that. That said, you know, the closing really is where things, where that data trail dies, right? Because everything gets printed either to a document or to a PDF. And then it's, you know, sold on and it's broken in that chain. So it's a problem that needs to be solved in real estate. Um, you know, MISMA was looking at this, you know, people are talking about data standards in order to carry that all the way through the point of closing and, and beyond outside of real estate. It's something that we are working on with a lot of our partners. It's a much easier challenge to solve, right? Cause it doesn't get passed through all these different stakeholders ahead of us, but it's a super important problem for real estate to solve. And, and when those standards become clear, we will support. So let me ask you this, you know, everyone wants to talk about AI this year, right? And I think that's because we all have more direct access to AI than before, you know, whereas like uh, tech companies like yours have been using this in different ways for years. But what is your take right now on like how you guys are using AI and how that's impacting um, your business? Yeah, it's interesting. So we're very focused right now on actually defending against AI, right? Um, and if you think about the ways in which people can generate, you know, fake video interactions, and fake audio interactions. And so we've made investments lately in actually detecting that. So if someone comes through the platform 
understanding that that's not an actual human interaction, right? Um, another tool for the notaries on our platform. So that's been an area of focus for us. You know, we've researched a lot of the um, AI tools out there for our rules engine, right? We have this huge rules engine. You know, some of the challenges is that they drift, they make things up, right? Um, and so for us, at the end of the day, if you think about a doc vendor to a mortgage lender who reps and warrants their documents, you know, we can't afford to have tools that, that make things up. You know, we think there's a lot of opportunities for AI in our platform. But, um, you know, today, I think one of the things I love about our business, we provide a very specific service, right? Our goal is to get the you know, transaction completed to ensure that it's trusted and then to hand you back to whomever sent you to us. So, you know, we look at opportunities to add some of these you know, crazy things around contract analysis. We don't see that as our as our role. Very interesting. Well, what makes you, you know, we've talked about the fact that it's a tough market in the real estate thing. You have other things going on, which is, you know, a great hedge against that. What makes you optimistic, if anything, about about the market we're in or about how technology is going to help that market? You know, it's interesting. So we're still growing in real estate. You know, we, we actually did an assessment and I won't share our customers' numbers, but, you know, if a customer was down 50% in terms of their volumes, our typical usage is up about 18%. So if you think about that, our penetration, you know, it means it's, it's gone from low, you know, 30s to 60s and 70%. So we've got customers now that in, in states, you know, Arizona, other places, they're doing 80% of their, their volume with us. Um, and so we've been able to grow because we've been able to drive usage within our customers. We've been able to drive usage because we prove cost savings. You know, in this market, if you're not saving your customers money, you know, you're not getting attention and they're not, they're not using your product, right? Um, you know, my overall sentiment of the market is, is frankly not awesome. You know, I've got my own house on the market that I've been trying to sell. Um, you know, I think if there's a silver lining, you know, I think that, you know, this is the market that everyone said we needed for people to invest in technology, right? In the boom times of the last several years, you know, it was about fulfillment, fulfillment, fulfillment. You know, people weren't as focused on margin, right? Because um, there was another transaction behind them. Everyone told me that when the market corrects is when people are really going to make investments. And candidly, it's, you know, there's, there's some players that aren't going to survive. And so to focus on those who are, to really build great integrations, you know, we with our partners right now are really focused on fixing integrations, you know, improving transaction success rates so that when the market comes back, we're in a great spot. So I think when the market comes back, you know, that's, you know, the, the digital, you know, it's going to accelerate. Um, so love that answer. Love the perspective. And Pat, thank you so much for taking your time to walk us through what happened with California and Ron and why it's important to our listeners. I really appreciate it. Yeah, we're thrilled. And if anyone's out in California, I hope you're ready for January. It's going to be, it's going to be a great time. And there should be a ton of innovation that happens around us. So not just for ourselves, but for our partners. We're really excited. And thank you for having me. Thanks for listening to Housing Wire Daily. If you haven't already, we'd love for you to take a minute to rate the show and leave a comment. And make sure to tune in tomorrow for more news and insight.